the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back, and of course, I'm back with uh, Stephen Edward, a partner in the prestigious firm Casson and Casson, located in Westchester. And I'm going to ask Stephen his read on what we've been talking about with all the things that are going on, and there's such different. You know, you know, you read one paper we're in a recession, another paper says we're about to be in one, another paper says I don't think so. Stephen, what's your read? And, what are you feeling? I mean, what are you feeling about what's going on? It's kind of a crazy kind of period, like where there's a lot of uncertainties. Good, mor- good morning, Dottie. Uh, a- absolutely. There's a lot of, I would say, conflicting information that's out there, and I think we got to look at it closely. You know, when you ask the technical question, are we in a recession, I think the answer is yes. It's been a longstanding definition that if you have two consecutive quarters of negative economic growth, um, a.k.a. decline um, in output, then that is a recession. So we, we meet the definition of a recession. You know, the question is really, where does it go and how is it different than other kind of recessions? And if you look back historically, a lot of traditional recessions are products being manufactured, insufficient, you know, and inventory, inventory start growing, and they're growing at such a level that it doesn't make sense, and then employers cut back. But I believe this recession is a little bit different. One, it's not like we're seeing massive inventories. In fact, in some cases, we're seeing a shortage of supplies. Um, You know, you don't see the high unemployment. So what's really going on? You know, from from our opinion, what we're seeing, you know, number one is I think the better stat than unemployment is labor force participation. And what happens is, and one of the concerns of inflation regardless of where you cut it, is how much does it cost me to manufacture a good or service and then to sell that? And if you cannot get both the quantity of employees and also the rightly skilled employees, and if it costs employers more money to get that employee, then that service or good is going to cost more, and that's going to lead to inflation. And so that's something that has to look at. So we have to sort of not fight the last economic war look at what's a little bit different over here. The other thing, and this is where I think we have a battle going on between our fiscal policy and our monetary policy. What do I mean by that? Our monetary policy is controlled by the Federal Reserve. And as you and Ace were talking about, the Federal Reserve is increasing the short-term borrowing rate, the Fed funds rate, the rate in which banks borrow from the Federal Reserve, which ultimately filters through the market. But that, but what are we doing with our, our, our fiscal policy? 
Well, we're, we're, it looks like we're about to pass, and, and Senator Manchin from West Virginia seems to be on board with this, a, a smaller version of Build Back Better. But, but that's going to add, I believe, $1.5 trillion in spending. And when you drive a car, you don't put your right foot on the accelerator and your left foot on the brake. And that's one of the problems I think we have right now. We have the Federal Reserve trying to cool things off a little bit by raising rates, but now the government's spending another $1.5 trillion. And these are conflicting signals. Um, and that also ultimately, that extra spending is going to increase the amount of deficit spending, and that's going to have a long-term impact. So we're having a whole mishmash of policies, and I think that's part of the confusion. Yeah, it's very confusing. I mean, you know, it's very conflicting and it's very confusing. But like as I said, you can't time you can't time the market perfectly. And I do think that because of so many uncertainties, people might be a little bit more flexible. I don't think prices are gonna go down, but whereas, you know, a couple of months ago, you know, there were fifteen bids on every house because there's a there's other there's not enough supply. And uh, basically, if you didn't have, you know, a great offer, you weren't even, you couldn't really negotiate. They they had many offers, and now I think that sellers will negotiate a little bit, and I think that you know that's a a good thing for buyers. And I don't think sellers are going to get killed because anybody who has a house, and if you bought it in the last two years, it had to go up. So it's just an interesting time, and it's kind of confusing to all of us on what is actually going on. Uh, but Ab- I guess it's... Absolutely. Right? Yeah, but you know what? For, for sellers and buyers that are out there trying to make a deal, I look at a real estate deal like a relationship and getting married. At the end of the day, if you go to a dance and you meet your wife or you meet your husband, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if there was no other people there or a hundred other single people there. Either you did or you didn't meet meet your future spouse, right? And that's the same thing. You know, I agree with you. You feel better. You you feel that your odds are better if you're a seller and and 100 people show up in an open house. But you know what? It's about quality. You have the right buyer who shows up. At the end of the day, you can't sell that property 100 times. You can only sell it once. And so what's important and what we're seeing is, you know, it's it's interesting. I'll, I'll take one step back for a second. You know, I was reading a very interesting article on a different topic, and it was about a political philosopher, and it was about having both memory and forgetfulness. And one of the things that's so important to actually be able to thrive as a society is to both to have memory of the past, but forgetfulness so you can move forward. And what happens is, I think in the real estate industry, we we have maybe in that balance of memory and forgetfulness, we have a little too much forgetfulness. Um, and what I mean by that is if you, we were in a time period where people really made a lot of transactions versus where we are at a natural state. And I think we're much more at a healthier equilibrium now. I mean, it's great when things fly off the shelf, but the reality is if everything is flying off the shelf, then ultimately you're not going to have something to sell on those shelves. And right now I feel that we're going towards a much healthier balance. Um, I agree. I agree. I agree with you. And look at rents. Rents, I mean, it's not like you can get a bargain on rents because they're just as in demand. And I think the average rent in the city, we said last week, in the city was like $4,000. And, 
you know, there's lines of people trying to get them. So, you know, by the way, Kathy, I want to I want to stress this one point you're talking about, Rance. I think it's a great point. I think it proves our point. It pro- the uncertainty that people have of where is the economy going, where is the market going, exactly explains a lot of the rental demand. When people know where prices are and rates are, are it, it's much easier to make decision to buy. If you're not sure where the economy and salaries and taxes and mortgage rates and real estate values are going, it's easier to say, let me rent for one more year and think about it. So this makes perfect sense, in my opinion, why you're seeing heightened rental demand, because people are more uncertainty. But I will say this, and I think this is the point that you made and Ace made, that when there are uncertain times, that's exactly the opportunity to get a value. Because as we say in real estate, you make your money on the buy, meaning presumably when you sell, you sell at market. But in the times with a little more uncertainty, that's when you can negotiate, and that's where you can make that deal, which turns out to be a better deal for you over the long term. Right, and I don't want to. I don't want to lead people to think that prices are falling, or that you're going to, you know, that people are giving away things. But I think that sellers are are going to be willing to talk, and if it's reasonable, okay, I think that you can make a deal. And again, we expect another interest rate hike. So whether you're a seller or a buyer, if you have your property on the market now, you would like to make a deal before the interest rates go up again because you, I mean, even though they went down, I think this week, I think they're supposed to go up again because obviously, you know, when they go up, people have less buying power. And if you're a buyer, you might as well get in now before they go up again. So I think there's a lot of things going on, and I think you can't time the market properly. But who would ever expect that this would happen? I mean, I mean, this is really kind of a crazy thing because when I don't know about you, but when you when we first heard about the pandemic, you know, and it really hit New York first, or in a hard way, uh, what were you thinking about real estate? Did, did you ever have any idea that it would go crazy? You know, it, it's. You know, it's it's interesting. It's gone. It's gone really so well. Um, you know, and, and actually, it's interesting, Dottie. I am right around the corner from the Douglas Elliman Katona office, and uh, you know, Northern Westchester has been very, very active. And um, it, it's been, um, you know, it, it's it's been really, you know, a great. It's been a great market. Um, and look, everything's all over the place. I can tell you, in the last week, I have a major property being sold. The buyer, you know, was, was drooling to buy it, and, um, you know, that's going through. I have another deal where, uh, again, I'm on the sales side, where we had two signed contracts, both tender deposits within 24 hours of each other bidding war. And then I have another deal I'm on the buy side where we negotiated 5% off the price, and that was, you know, a six-figure drop, just to give you a sense, you know, the value of the property. So, you know, we're getting it's a mixed message it all this is where you know i like to say there's three types of markets there's buyers markets there's sellers markets and then there's brokers markets and right now i think we're in a broker market and what that means is that if you have the right team and the right professionals representing you and they can see where there is softness how to present an offer you can you can do well for the people who 
can only operate in the extremes, you're not providing great value. Now is the time where working with the right people can give a great leg up uh, to someone looking to do a deal. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And that's why I have Steve on the show and, and I and Ace, and I always tell you, and I'm going to say it for the, I don't know, I might have said it a hundred times already. Please. Okay, and I don't see it as much in the city as I see, would see in the suburbs, but please. Don't try to use somebody who's not a real estate attorney. Make sure you know a real you get a real estate attorney like Steve that specializes that and knows all the ins and outs. It can make the world of difference. The world of difference. So Steve, anything that you've noticed or that you think is 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 important that 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 buyers or sellers should know now? Well, I think we got to be in a market where it is a little bit uncertain and it's all over the place and scattershot. People who are working on co-op transactions in particular need to be even more focused and have a better understanding of the market. And what I mean by that is that as long as they don't violate fair housing, and fair housing is the anti-discrimination, race, religion, sex, et cetera, um, as long as they don't violate those laws, a co-op board can deny a, re, a, a transaction for any reason, a good reason, a bad reason, no reason. And what's important about that is that it is 100% legal to turn down a transaction because the board does not like the sales price. And so in a market where Prices are a little all over the place. Some are going up, some a little down, some are sideways. You need to have people who understand the sense of that co-op of where they think pricing should be because you can put together the perfect deal, have a qualified buyer, great mortgage, everything is fine, and then you're in contract and you have to wait a couple of months only to find out that the board will not accept your transaction um, because uh, they don't like the price. And so you got to be very, very careful. I couldn't, I couldn't say more to your point. And you know, I come from Long Island, so when I went to the city, you know, and Long Island has a few co-ops, but you know, not really, and they're not that strict. So when I came to the city, and I saw what was going on, and I saw how pe- the co-op could just turn down someone. Well, they turned down one person that I know because they didn't like, they just didn't like them, or they didn't. Uh, uh, one person they turned down because. You know, she was divorced. I didn't want divorce. I mean, they can have a million reasons. So, first of all, I would definitely ask the sales agent that you're working with, if you are looking for a co-op, have you worked with co-ops before? I think that's key. You don't want somebody who's never worked with co-ops. And, of course, you need an attorney. Okay, and then you need an attorney because there's a lot of differences because if the co-op board is not up on what's going on, um, they might be looking for, you know, you know, they might be looking for prices. Not that I, I thought, I, and again, I don't think prices are going down. I think they're kind of just cooling, you know, cooling and where there'll be some more negotiability where there wasn't much at all the last six, seven months a year. So... Um, what are you finding with your customers? The same thing that, that with well, co-ops. You know, 
you know, the pricing is okay, you know, so far. It, it depends on the property and the building and the situation. And I think whenever you have a market with a little more uncertainties, you want to take care of and get rid of the items that could be, um, you know, a point of concern or contention and how it's delivered and so forth. But I, I think you got to know where the board is at in their mind. And particularly if you have a buyer with financing, is as a seller, you could be caught in between being pulled in two directions. The board says, well, we expect this property to go for X dollars. And then separately, you could have a bank that says, look, that's really nice of this co-op board that they think this property is worth 10 times more than it's worth. But here's what the bank appraisal is. And this is all we're going to lend. So you got to make sure and understand how the board is and make sure things are realistic um, and, and seeing what's going on. And sometimes you have to preemptively reach out to the board. I mean, I've seen some buildings where sometimes all of a sudden they have 10 apartments on the market, which could be a lot for a building when they should only have maybe two or three. And people reaching out to the board saying, hey, you got to be a little bit less strict because you're going to be hurting value, right? The role of a board member of a co-op is to protect the building, operate within the business judgment rule, and increase shareholder value. And there's a fine line between saying we want to make sure that the buyer is qualified, fair enough, but you could also have such a high standard that maybe nobody's going to qualify, or people might qualify, but the people who qualify are saying, well, if I'm that you know, if I have that well-resourced, I buy in a different building. So you need to really have a right balance. And so it's important. I recommend people who are in a building, even if you've never been on the board, you know, and, but if you're thinking of maybe selling in the next couple of years, maybe try to get on a subcommittee um, and just have a connection to the board. That way you get a sense of where the building is and you can have the temperature. Because, look, boards have annual elections. They're volunteers. You know, some of the people on boards are on it because they have a lot of free time. They're not in real estate. They're not law. They're not in finance. And they may not fully realize or appreciate what's going on. very important to know the pulse of your building. It is. And then working with an attorney or a broker that is familiar with working with boards, um, sometimes it's, it's in, a, in a good way, uh, you know, you can, you can, the broker can also, give the board basically comparable properties and talk to the board president and say, look, this is what's been going on, this is what the sales have been, and certainly help you. But really, I think that if you are looking to buy a property, it's a good time and in the sense that there's probably going to be some more flexibility. Uh, now, the interest rates, obviously, <laughs> at 3%, which were unheard of in my lifetime, like, I don't know, I paid like 16% or something like that. <laughs> and, but they're low. And that, although they've gone up to the six-ish, they're still relatively historically low. I'm, yeah, Daddy, I'm going to say something that maybe it's moderately controversial. I'm going well, to say... I want well, you wait. to hold it. We have a break. I want it to be a cliffhanger, oh. especially if it's okay. moderately controversial. So we're going to have a quick break. <laughs> And then Steve will come on with what he's going to talk about.
Ask Sherwin-Williams during the summer fun sale July 29th through August 8th and get 35% off paints and stains with prices starting at $27.29. That means 35% off our most popular color family, blue. Psychologists have found it to be soothing and relaxing, which makes it especially great for bedrooms and bathrooms. And of course, 35% off all of our other colors. Shop the sale online or visit your local Sherwin-Williams store. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation, NPC, has openings for managers, data enablement in East Hanover, New Jersey. Responsible for managing the end-to-end life cycle of oncology data ecosystem and ensuring smooth data operations by coordinating efforts across cross-functional teams consisting of senior business stakeholders in DSS leadership, digital teams and data strategy, IT and external vendors. Send resume to Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation, attention Bona Kwok, One Health Plaza, East Hanover, New Jersey, 07936. Reference job number SV770. Dr. Gorka here, and I want to talk to you for a minute about the 100% drug-free relief factor. We all deal with aches and pains in our day-to-day lives, and I have had my fair share, including injuries like a detached quad muscle that, I can tell you, fell into the category of really bad pain. But I've been able to manage the pain by taking relief factor. It helps your own body to attack and fight off sources of inflammation, the source of most of our aches and pains, and I've loved it for years. Is now. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick starter pack for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800 for relief to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. We tried Dynavite for gut health and immune support, and after a couple of weeks, our little gizmo was acting like a puppy again. His coat was shinier, he had a lot less scratching and shedding, and he seemed like his happy old self. My dog smelled and scratched constantly. We bathed and sprayed her, took her to the vet, but no results. Now, a little Dynavite and her food helps Bella keep her beautiful coat with no scratching or smell. Get 10% off your next order of Dynavite nutritional supplements for dogs at Dynavite.com. Happier, healthier with every bite. Over a million pets helped with Dynavite. The roar of our engines, the pump of our heartbeats, the pedal to our metal, the sparks that ignite us, the pistons that push us, the passions that drive us. From the feelings that move us to the places that pull us on the roads that unite us. With nearly 6,000 stores and over 17,000 auto care centers, Napa has America's largest network of parts and care, here to keep you firing on all cylinders. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Back and uh, I'm on the, uh, we talked to Stephen Ebert, who is a, uh, one of the best real estate attorneys that I know. And so he's giving um, some advice and some, some different tips that you should know. Um, and again, Stephen, because I've gotten so many questions where people say, what do you think? Do you think we should hold off if there's going to be a recession? Like maybe we shouldn't buy, we could get a better price. Um, I don't think you can time real estate. I think if you're looking now, you should continue to look, give it, you know, give it your all, put a good team together and go for it. Um, and I think if you are selling, 
and you were planning to sell, do it because we're still in a fairly good market. Um, I don't know. I don't know if there's. A, you say say we're, we're in a recession. I don't know how long this recession will be. I don't know. Um, you know what? I don't understand, Stephen. In a recession, how come there's so many jobs available? Usually, in a recession, that that doesn't happen. I'm just not sure. Do you, do you get that? Hello? Dottie, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Dottie. I couldn't hear you for a okay. second because I, I had asked okay. you that people yes. are not Sorry, sure what through. to do. Yeah, yeah, so I, I think a couple of things. I mean, look, you're always going to have part of capitalism is creative destruction, right? You're always going to have new companies forming, other ones changing and evolving. Um, you know, and I think the biggest issue, one of the things that makes this recession different than others is there is a real change in the labor force. You know, we, we have seen uh, some very unusual things, right? We've had a window where people were retiring way later than they, they normally were. So that was a real impact um, in the labor force, and, and you're starting to ultimately see those retirements. The other thing is that you're seeing is due to COVID, you have some people who either were taking off, not entering the workforce, or not getting schooled in the same way to have the same level of the workforce. So while the unemployment has stayed relatively low and their search is for jobs, the real, the real stats to look at, Dottie, are the labor force participation rates. And that's, that's been an issue. And you know, we have not had the same number of people participating in the labor force in, in the same way. You know, you have people who say, I want to work remotely. Well, I think there's going to be a lot of change. We've had a lot of change. It's been sort of a more employee-empowered time period. Um, I think that is going to start shifting, um, and I think at some point employers are going to say, we're going to cut back on some of the services and goods that we provide then because it's just not worth it. And I'll give you one example, one very, very simple thing. Um, there is a, uh, a company that manufactures Klondike bars. They have manufactured for a very long time something called the Choco Tacos, a, a treat that you see in the supermarkets and also a lot of ice cream trucks. And they said, we are temporarily going to stop manufacturing this product because of cost and ability to manufacture enough, and we're decreasing our, our product line that we're offering. Now, you might say, oh, it's just an ice cream treat. What's the big deal? But I think that is a great example of what's going on. Um, you're going to have companies pull back, and this is what also naturally happens if their cost of capital goes up, et cetera. So, would you so would you recommend to your to your clients um, just be stay in the market, put the right team together, and then you know study it? Because let me put it this way: for those people who are trying to hold off because they say, "Well, let me rent another year, and let me just figure out what's going to happen." The rents are astronomically high also, so it's not like you're saving anything. And I was reading a story, I don't know if it was in the Times or the Wall Street Journal, where people 
because you know during the pandemic nobody could get thrown out if you didn't pay the rent. You know, you, the, the the landlord could evict you. So uh, what I'm reading is that the landlords are not only able to they are able to evict you now, although it's a long process in New York, but they're also raising the rents a lot. Well, well, here's the thing. You got to remember a couple things. Number one, if you're a landlord, you're in the business to make money. Couple things. Number one, the cost of real estate is expensive. So, you know, people, you know, tenants look at it from a tenant's point of view, but I'm going to take a landlord point of view for a second. Number one, it costs money to maintain buildings. Property taxes have gone up. The cost of insurance has gone up. The cost of water and sewer has gone up. I mean, how many tenants go in, they turn on a shower, and they just let the water go? Well, that costs the landlord money. So if New York City is going to increase the cost of water, if they're going to increase property tax assessments, if insurance is going to go up, they got to charge more rent, and it's not like their profitability necessarily goes up. Now, the other thing that's going on is there's a lot of laws that are coming into effect about changing how... um, what type of products to be used. So, for example, we've had oil to natural gas conversion. There are buildings converting from natural gas to electricity. All these things are costs that landlords have to incur, and it's got to be paid somewhere. And for people to just say, oh, evil landlord, well, it's very easy to say that someone else should eat the cost, but at a certain point they're just going to say, look, you know, why should I eat that cost. So you, you, so really the legislature can't just talk to tenants in the background and take landlords out of the equation because they're the cost of the product. I mean, look at the same thing for gasoline. A lot of people are upset that the price of gas went up and they say, oh, the, these greedy, uh, you know, petroleum companies or these gas station owners. Well, almost all, the vast majority of gas stations in America are owned by families. And it's just because the price of gas went up doesn't mean their margins went up at all. In fact, they're, they're making less money because people are upset and they're not going to the convenience stores where they make the money. So they're actually making you know less money when the price of gas jumped up the way it did. So, you know, people have to look and understand, you know, what's going on. And if they're, you know, again, if they're not happy with rent going up, and I get also, look, if I'm a tenant, I wouldn't want my rent to go up, of course then all the more reason they have to look at the purchase market. And this goes back to, should I be in the market or out of the market? And what you have to look at is, what's your next best alternative? If you're a tenant, you got to ask yourself, let me analyze the pros and cons of renting versus purchasing. And this last point that I'll make, a lot of people in my mind make a mistake of saying, oh, if I'm buying something, it has to be perfect. Nothing's perfect. You no. buy what makes sense, and then it helps you to the next phase of your life. Nothing's perfect. And in the future shows coming up, I'm, we're going to talk about, you know, where you can compromise, where you can't. And um, obviously, if you build a brand-new house today, by the time you got through with it, you would find at least 20 things that you would have done differently. So there's nothing perfect, but I, I do think that the market is – got some flexibility, and I couldn't agree with you more that it's a little bit hopefully healthier than it was because it was just, I don't want to say it's a, 
I don't want to say it's a seller's market because I don't think that. Um, I still kind of think it's still more of a buyer's market, but it's starting to cool down a little bit where there's some flexibility. And if you're a seller, I'm going to tell you this, never not listen to an offer. You know, I, I, I've heard some brokers say, oh, he doesn't want to hear anything unless it's his price. And I think that's a, a mistake. I think that a seller should hear every offer. We don't have to take them. But, and as a buyer, and we, you know, we don't have time to do it on this show, but maybe, Steve, you know, it's not only money. Sometimes you can find terms that are really helpful to a seller that are, are equivalent to money to them, you know, especially timing and things like that. So, so what is your and vote? I, I, and, I, and I agree with you on that. That is classic negotiation. You know, a lot of people in real estate think it's all about the sales price. And look, obviously the sales price is a huge part of it, but you're exactly right. You need to find out what's motivating the other side and what they ultimately value. And there's, again, money matters, but there are also terms that could really make a difference for somebody. Exactly. And before I let you go, Steve, I just want to say this. Maybe you could talk about it because I have actually seen in my life attorneys who really don't understand the, the art of negotiation, okay? And, you know, at, at the end of the day, for a deal to go through, unless you're in a market where, you, you know, you have a one-of-a-kind thing and somebody doesn't care, like where there's 15 bids, it's about negotiations, and it's about also two people feeling that they came out well. Not one person saying, gee, I got, I, I, I gave it all the time, and, and the other guy didn't do anything. So it's important to have a skilled real estate attorney who also knows how to negotiate because I have seen deals blow up for stupid reasons because they weren't negotiated correctly, you know. So I, I, I'd love to talk about that one day. But I know you have to run, and we have a, a, a another guest on the show. But, Stephen, I think you're the best. And, I, and again, before you leave, again, website, please. And number so people can call you. Absolutely, Dottie. Uh, Office number is 914-517-6941. And you can always reach me at sebert at cassinllp.com. Have a great week and talk to you soon. You too. Okay, and we'll be back with Jill Brooks. Use flowers to help sell your apartment. She'll be on in two minutes. Right after this commercial break. MyPillow is having their biggest bed sheet sale ever. The MyPillow Percale sheets are available in a variety of colors and all sizes. Now on sale, for example, the queen size, regular price $89.98, now only $39.98 with your promo code. Order now, as there is a very limited supply. The MyPillow Percale sheets are breathable and have a cool, crisp feel. They have deep pockets to fit over any mattress. The MyPillow Percale sheets come with a 10-year warranty and a 6 
60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use promo code AM970 to receive the MyPillow per kale sheets for as low as $29.98. Order now, because when they're gone, they're gone. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-651-0798. Use the promo code AM970. That's 800-651-0798. 800-651-0798. Use the promo code AM970. Acker Holdings LLC is seeking analyst acquisitions and asset management in Beacon, New York, to screen and assess investment ideas and themes by analyzing and utilizing market data. Please reference job code AAAM1 and send resume to Acker Holdings LLC, attention HR, 20 Kent Street, Suite 311, Beacon, New York, 12508. Again, send resume to Acker Holdings LLC, attention HR, 20 Kent Street, Suite 311, Beacon, New York, 12508. Join on-air TV and radio legal analyst attorney Arthur Idala for the Arthur Idala Power Hour every weekday evening at 6. The show is a mix of timely news and current events from a legal angle, compelling talk with high-profile guests and everyday people calling in, and discussions on state and local politics, health and wellness, entertainment, and more. The Arthur Idala Power Hour with attorney Arthur Idala, making the case for the city he loves. Weekday evenings at 6 on AM 970, The Answer. Summertime! Now that I've got your attention, let me tell you all about us. Whoa, tough crowd. Anybody out there? Hello? Fighting to be heard in today's competitive digital world? Anyone? Too often, digital campaigns fail because it's being handled by someone inexperienced. It's time for Salem Surround because our specialists break through all the clutter and put your message and your business front and center. Our team is the best of the best with years of experience and superior ideas and innovations. Salem Surround is obsessed with your success. No cookie cutter treatments here. Everything is tailored to you, your company, and your message. With Salem Surround, you get it all. From up-to-the-minute analytic reports and insight to managing every aspect of your digital and marketing needs. So let's turn up the volume on your business. Get started with Salem Surround today. For more information, go to surroundnewyork.com. That's surroundnewyork.com. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Um, we're very lucky to have, and I said in the beginning of the show, um, Jill Brook, uh, who will talk to you about flowers and how to help sell your house or apartment with them. Um, Jill? Hi, Dottie. I'm so happy to be here because flowers... I'm so flowers happy to have you here. And, you know, there's such an instrument that really, you know, plays beautiful music and like getting people to activate. And I'll give you a perfect example. Flower Power Daily, we just did a story which in, in people may have noticed that when you go into a supermarket right now, they have completely, you know, done a new decor where the flowers greet you. Their flower shops are not only having record sales. But more importantly, studies have found that when you have flowers, when people walk in the door, they feel better, they're more calmed, they're more happy, and they buy more. And that philosophy obviously can easily and does apply to real estate. 
because when people feel good, we've all heard about like, okay, if you're trying to sell a house or an apartment and somebody's coming, make sure you have a nice scent or you bake cookies. Remember, we always heard that back Oh, yes, yes, yes. I do remember. And now... And now what they're realizing is flowers have that same effect because when you are connected to nature, you not only feel safe, you feel good. And, you know, let's face it, as we know, and what we've also reported on Flower Power Daily is that it has um, elements of lavender in it. And so much of the sense, obviously, that boosts, you know, people's um, feelings of um, happiness you know, are all flower related. So it's something that people just don't think about, but nonetheless should be very strategic about. Now, you could say, you know, flowers are expensive. And to a certain extent, they are. However, you can be so judicious in fixing what we call flowers faux real. And literally have flowers everywhere. And in areas where people don't have direct eye contact, mix the faux flowers with the real flowers. Because the brain will always see the authentic flower. And how it reads psychologically is that it's a real, you know, real flowers anyway. So you're saying you can mix flowers that are real well, it's like technology, all right? Like, you know, the nifty things like Botox and iPhones and all those other things that we now have. And also, you know, um, we also have technology that has created for the really first time ever fantastic faux flowers. You see them, for instance, at Michael's or Pottery Barn or whatever. Now, you know, the mistake that some people made or that our grandmothers did is that they would have faux flowers and nothing else. And you'd go into like an elderly person's, you know, apartment and you would say, what is it with all these flowers? But they're made right now so well that they're very hard to discern. I mean, a matter of fact, look at throughout New, um, New York City right now. Floratorium does such a fabulous job of having the faux flowers on the restaurant's to make people feel good. They just even did St. Patrick's Cathedral. And well, you so don't have to convince me. Way... I'm a flower person. Oh, good. Well, you know, so therefore, and also, which we should discuss, all right, um, you know, right now, stagers often come into um, apartments and they say, get rid of everything. Everybody wants white, et cetera, et cetera. And the flowers in those cases become even more important, and they know it too, because, you know, the philosophy is is that people don't want to see clutter. They want to be able to anticipate what they would do in a particular room. Right. Um, and I'd love to discuss that with you, because maybe it's gone too far, because we've just been working on a study that I can't wait to share that shows that this minimalist and lack of color actually may have been good for another era, but for right now, post-pandemic, people really want color and they want, um, you know, they want coziness and not an austere, sterile looking place. But those who still do it, I mean, you know, you're a pro, you're like the best in the business, so you'll be able to tell me what's true and what's not. Um, That what you do do and what they do, they use orchids, for instance, a lot um, everywhere, like, uh, you know, in the hallway mantle, on the, you know, cocktail table in the living room. And that will give the burst of color in, you know, a very white or beige palette. Well, you know, Jill, 
you, um, we yeah. don't, we're not going to have as much time as we'll need. I hope that we'll talk today, but that you'll come on again, because I so much believe in what you're saying. And I do believe that when they say clear out the house, they're talking about junk, like, you know, get rid of all the extra pieces of furniture or the, you know, if you have the of rugs that are worn out. But uh, flowers, okay, are just, you know, beautiful. And again, I don't think I don't think stages really talk about that enough. I know I have flowers because I'm looking at them right now in my home. Um, I just with orchids. I mean, I'm lucky this year. I've I've had luck with them, better luck than I've had with orchids. Usually, sometimes they don't last for long. But you know, do you have to have a green thumb, or do you do you suggest you just buy cut flowers, or well, uh, yes, you know, absolutely. I think that right now. What you do is you just, but but what the key is just to match, all right, to have harmony, because that's what flowers are bringing into the space. So you want to contrast, pick up a color, like, you know, you can do roses, you can do Gerber daisies, you can do hydrangeas. I mean, I love snapdragons, whatever it is, right? And you can use bud vases. But the thing is, pick up a color from, you know, a pillow on the couch. Um, And, you know, right now, you have so much flexibility with all different types of vases that the uh, misconception is, oh, I need to have a big floral arrangement from a florist. Well, you know, that's often expensive. It's worth it if you have it, for sure. But right now, um, Trader Joe's has some of the best abundant um, selection of flowers at such great price points. Now, Tori Birch, as you know, and Ina Garten are big, big fans of just one flower, all right? So they'll put just like one flower in a vase for, you know, a statement. I like color and abundance because I just think it just makes you feel good. And, you know, and it depends on the style of your apartment or house. Um, But you can't go wrong, all right, with, with a pretty vase with either roses or, believe it or not, carnations because they come in beautiful colors right now. Um, sunflowers um, are also, you know, very much in season right now. And so if you're worried about, um, I don't know what to do, I don't have a green thumb, just find one flower that as soon as you see it, it just makes you smile. Because if it's making you smile, it's going to make someone else smile too. That's so true. Now, listen, how how do people get a hold of you? And Like, you know, if they want to get more information or they want you to help on some ideas, um, you have a, so they, is, is, is it, it, it's flower powered. Well, as you know, I used to be editor of Avenue magazine and a former CNN correspondent and editor in chief of various magazines. So how and did you get everybody always flowers? talks. About, yeah. Like, well, you know, when from, I was, from what I've done, well, I had a front row seat to the best in the business because obviously I covered real estate a lot because these magazines were, you know, you know, many of our advertisers were real estate and I also love real estate. And so I, people focus on painting so much, but I always knew that if you want to make yourself happy and you want to immediately get calmed, it's very Georgia O'Keefe. Um, just look at a flower. It will immediately put you in a good mood. And if you do you remember Andrew Weil also when he said the eight ways to optimal health and he talked about um, all the foods, the blueberries, the salmon, et cetera, he also included flowers. Now, flowers literally emit something that, you know, that's part of their superpower. 
They make people feel good. So I, you know, was always around design and decor and flowers were a part of it. And I just always was very connected to how flowers make you happy. And the science geek in me um, had always wanted to write about them and understand them. And um, and now the opportunity came. And I just got lucky that it happened during the pandemic because 60 million new people recognize that being close to nature makes them feel better and bringing nature into the house is essential. Now, Frank Lloyd Wright, you know, the famous architect, yes. always said bring in nature. But if we're being really honest, and I know some of your audience is going to get very upset that I say this, but sometimes, you know, when um, people are trying to stretch artistically, it doesn't mean it's as livable of a place. So when, when, you, when you bring the outside in, you don't necessarily have to do it in extreme architectural ways. You can just have a simple vase of flowers, and it immediately will boost your spirit. But to be strategic about it is not a bad idea because it depends. Because, you know, in the language of flowers, different flowers have different meanings. Um, you know, the gladiolus, which is, for instance, right now abundant in August. I mean, you know, um, there's an interesting story about that is um, but that's a, the, about Jackie Kennedy, who had so much style. Right. And she didn't wouldn't use gladiolus in the White House because she said they were far too tall and they didn't play well with other flowers. So as a result of getting criticized by Jackie Kennedy and literally the sales for gladiolus completely plummeted. She then, um, breeders then said, well, we have to make shorter gladiolus and ones that can be cut easily and then put in vases. So the key here is to recognize that if in every room that you are trying to sell, have flowers someplace, because okay, I will notice it and it will make I, them happy. I, love, I, I have so many more things to ask you. I hope that you will come on again because there's a lot more I want to ask you and that our listeners would love to hear. So Great. Well, you, you can hire me. Again. I do. I do feng shui. I get hired by office buildings to, you know, create flowers that help prosperity um, and literally look at the design of all spaces to put the, to be strategic about what flowers and I will post all. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.